0: Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Bailey. Wait, what? No, we're not. I'm Andy.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: Together we are Picture the Scene Podcast.
1: We release every second week on a Tuesday and we cover crime from all over the world with an emphasis on the UK.
0: We admit, we know Beth and Bailey but when you've caught with them, why not come and give us a listen? We can be found wherever you're listening right now.
1: Take care and stay safe.
0: Okay, here we are. We're back for episode twenty-five.
1: Welcome Holy to... shit! Episode twenty-five. Wow, this is a big one. It's the uh, how did we life... notice
0: that before now? Who knows?
1: Well, we've it's... had all
0: those bonus episodes too. I was going
1: to say to us, this is like episode 29. thirty almost or something. <laughs> so. Hey, guys, welcome back to episode twenty-five. And we're happy to see you back at the true crime B and B. Yes, and we're always grateful that you have come to join us again. Mm-hmm. I'm Beth. I'm Bailey.
0: So, you just heard an intro from Picture the Scene, and I love them. Andrew and Rachel are great. You can tell from the clip their personalities. They're cheeky and they're funny, but they're also very serious about what they're doing. They take all their stories with a lot of gravitas, and they're just very respectful. And I think if you give that podcast a chance, you're going to really love them, and I hope that you will. And with that,
1: what do you have today, Bailey? I have a story that didn't get the attention I think it deserved at the time.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's a lot of stories. A lot of
1: them. Yes. I'm trying to go back and do that more often nowadays. Awesome. I'm Um,
0: glad to hear that.
1: Before I start, I did want to say my sources. I only had two this week because I looked at multiple sources. However, a lot of them just repeated the same thing and there wasn't yeah, a lot of information otherwise. Mm-hmm. So my two sources were the unresolved podcast website, okay, and also the website made by the victim's family, which I will give you at the end. Okay, okay? I'm going to jump right into the heart of what happened on the day of the murder, and then we'll go back and talk about the victim themselves, okay? Okay. On the morning of January 25th, 2019, 29-year-old Elizabeth Barraza was setting up for an impromptu garage sale in her driveway in Tomball, Texas, around 7 a.m.,
0: I literally just heard of this a couple of days ago.
1: Okay, all right. It's maddening. It's very frustrating. It is, but
0: please go on. I want to hear what you know about it that I don't know.
1: Okay. So she was setting up for this garage sale that she was going to have that day, and her husband, Sergio, had just left for work at his flooring installation job. They said about four minutes after he pulled out of the driveway, a black Nissan truck pulled next to her house and parked across the street. So you couldn't see it on her camera in the ring doorbell system. But they parked across the street, and the driver exited the car, but they left the engine on and just walked up the driveway to go talk to Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. They talked for only a few seconds, about 5 to 10 seconds, and then the stranger had... I saw the footage, it looked to me like a trench coat, had a long trench coat type of clothing item on, and they pulled out a small handgun and began opening fire into Elizabeth's chest. She was shot three times at point-blank range, then she fell to the ground, and they fired a final shot into her head, killing her, not immediately, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So then after shooting her the final time, the person quickly just hightailed it, ran back to their truck, and then sped off, and that was, they were never seen again, at least, that we know of. Mm-hmm. The neighbors began calling the police, and that's just where I'm going to leave it for now. So a little backstory on Elizabeth. Elizabeth Marie Nellie, they had a phonetic pronunciation, that's how they said, but it's spelled N-U-E-L-L, so I'm just going to say Elizabeth Nellie. Okay. Was born June 22nd, 1989 in Elk Grove Village, Illinois, to parents Robert and Rosemary. Okay. She studied at Stephen F. Austin State University and then transferred to Sam Houston State University and eventually graduated from there in 2012 with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And during her time at that second university, that's actually where she met her future husband, Sergio Barraza. Okay. Elizabeth and Sergio had been married in 2014, so two years after graduating, and then eventually bought their house in Tomball in 2016. Tomball is a suburban area. It's about 30 miles northwest of Houston. She worked as a data inspector for a pipeline inspection company, and he, again, was working at a flooring company with his dad. His dad owned the business. All right. Both were really huge self-proclaimed geeks. They primarily were really into Star Wars and Harry Potter, and they loved cosplaying. The two ended up becoming members of the 501st Legion, which is a cosplaying group which often uses their cosplay and their love for that to help charities and fundraisers and stuff like that. So what Elizabeth would often do is go to hospitals with the sick children and cheer them up. She wore a Stormtrooper uniform. Very adorable. Yeah, and that's
0: really a sweet thing to do. Mm-hmm.
1: You can just tell the type of person she was based on that alone. Yeah, it's really it's uh, selfless mm-hmm. and sweet. It wouldn't be an easy thing to go and visit sick kids all the time and have to remain jovial and happy for them, but right. she did it. Right. And she eventually, after doing that for a little while, began working with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and helping kids out in that way. Wow. At the time of her murder, the couple had been planning to celebrate their fifth wedding anniversary in Orlando's Universal Studios mm-hmm. because they had recently opened the Wizard Wizard. Visiting world of harry potter that's the <laughs> one <laughs> and they were really excited to go the night of january the 24th so the day before liz was gone down in her driveway she had decided to have an impromptu garage sale the next morning and she was supposed to go to work that day but she had actually called in sick the next morning mm-hmm. they hadn't advertised it anywhere there were no craigslist ads or anything like on the facebook page or anything like right. that so, so the only
0: people that really knew were her and her husband and anyone she might have told in like
1: her parents basically yeah very few people knew about this and in fact she hadn't even put signs around the neighborhood until literally the night before because she hadn't decided to do it oh so she did get some there op- were some signs there it ranged I don't know exactly what the real story is in the article I read they said that she did it literally right before her husband left for work which he left about 6 48 a.m. mm-hmm And they said that they had put them out right before, so like 15 minutes before this all happened. Which would be why she was out in the driveway. Right, exactly. So then on the website her family created, they said that she had put them out the night before. Okay. So I'm not sure. Sometime in that time frame she put out signs. But there were signs. They were supposed to leave for their vacation on January 27th, which was two days after the murder. After hearing the gunshots, the neighbors called 911 when the paramedics and emergency responders responded. They ordered a life flight to Memorial Hermann Hospital, which is the same hospital she worked at and volunteered with to help the children. Wow. On Saturday the 26th, she was officially pronounced dead at 1.40 p.m. Yeah. That's so awful. And this is the sad, really, part.
0: The whole thing is sad, sad but, part.
1: Sad, but again, shows you who she was. Yeah. Elizabeth had been an organ donor, and as her final act, she donated her corneas, kidneys, liver, and heart. Wow. Good and her. on her parents' website, they actually had a little line that said, her organ recipients had been a total of 8,144 days on the transplant list.
0: Wow. So, yeah
1: helped a lot of people even after her death.
0: Wow, well and saved lives and also improved lives Mm -hmm. because cornea transplants definitely are life changing. Wow, good for her, what an amazing person.
1: A few days after she was pronounced dead, a vigil was held in her front yard where all of her friends and family gathered and I thought this was so cute but also obviously heartbreaking but they all held lightsabers and wands and held them up for her. Something she
0: would have absolutely loved. Oh yeah, she would
1: have loved it. (laughs) Wow, wow. So into the investigation, the Harris County Sheriff's Office began their investigation into her death and found that Liz had absolutely no enemies. There was nobody who had any reason to want her dead at all. And her husband, Sergio, obviously was interviewed, and they looked into him and everything. They cleared him completely. They got all of his digital footprints, all of her digital footprints, maybe there was an affair in the past, and found nothing Mm -hmm. pointing anything towards him. And again, no possible motives from anybody were ever found. Also, at the crime scene, they were completely unable to find anything. So there was no hair, DNA of any kind, And even the shell casings had been gone. There were none at all. Oh, because I watched the video, Mm -hmm. and the killer did not stop and pick up the shell casings. No, that's that's part of the mystery of it all. They literally hightailed it the second the fourth shot. They just turned around and ran. And were booked out of there. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So there were no shell casings found, but I did, I'm not a gun person, so I don't really know the logistics behind this, but they did say that points to the gun having been a revolver. Oh. Maybe, I don't know if the shell casings are gathered in the chamber after you shoot. Spinny thing? I think so, like the like, Russian <laughs> roulette thing. And like, then they have to empty those out before they can put the new bolts yeah, in. Yeah, so I think that's why they po- that points to that, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay. And also, it wasn't really robbery motive, because again, they didn't stop and take anything. I mean, she had literally a cash drawer full of hundreds of dollars sitting right there at the garage sale, and nothing Mm -hmm. was taken. Yeah. Again, all of this was captured on multiple camera angles from across the street. There were cameras literally on her house, but you couldn't see the driveway, because it's one of those kind of longer entrances, and then the driveway to the side. Right. So they reviewed all of this and were finally able to pinpoint that the car driven by the suspect was a Nissan Frontier Pro 4X with four doors and it was black. The same car had been picked up on other cameras in the area both the night before and a little bit after Elizabeth's murder. So they had come through seemingly to case the joint like to see what was going on and then afterwards to make sure she had been dead. I also
0: heard that it had been going through the neighborhood as early as 2 Mm a.m. So it was really making the rounds, trying to make sure they could get in and out fast. Mm
1: -hmm. I kind of got into it a little bit, but they knew all the spots in the neighborhood that would be a blind spot to the cameras. So they knew all the neighbors, where their cameras were pointing, what couldn't be seen, and then even the parts where you can be seen in the camera, they made sure that their lights, headlights were bright and on so that you couldn't see their license plate at all. Wow. So this was very clearly planned by somebody. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: They also looked into it, and you saw the video, right, you said? Yes, so I saw a couple of them. You can see the suspect kind of is wearing a longer... They don't know if it's a robe or a trench coat or... Murder on My Street covered this.
0: Just oh, a, I did Just, the, I think, their most recent episode okay, as that, of that this. that explains it, because I do
1: follow them, I
0: swear. Well, I mean, you can't keep up with every podcast yeah, on yeah. every episode,
1: but what? No, I'll kind of get into it. I'm just trying to describe what I saw and then I'll get into the theories. Yeah. And I'll post pictures on our Instagram account of Screenshots from it Obviously not of the actual murder Because I didn't want to see that If am sure most people don't mm-hmm. But yeah You can see that they're wearing A long outfit of some sort yeah. And also wearing kind of They look like almost Have heels with boots Yes And then also They kind of look like They have long hair So a lot of people think This was a female Who had committed this crime The police also began to suspect the person in the video was a woman based on their size, first of all, and how they carried themselves. Mm -hmm. And also, in a tactic to spread the word, they did release all of the footage publicly. So if you do want to witness that, it's available all online. I'm not going to put it on our social media, but Mm -hmm. plus we'd probably get reported and
0: take it down. Well, and it's not gruesome what you can see, but it is troubling because you are seeing someone's death.
1: And you literally, in the stuff released from her ring doorbell, you can hear her talking to them. You can hear her final moments and her shrieking and screaming and the gunshots, and it that part disturbed me. And I've I, seen all the dark web shit, so... I have not seen her ring doorbell, mm-hmm. so I have not
0: heard the part where you could hear uh, her speaking. It brings I know, your heart. I know that the killer said something, but what I've heard of them was so distorted I couldn't make heads or tails. Yeah,
1: you can't... It, all you can really hear is that... She kind of turns around, sees them walking up her driveway, and she says, Good morning. So it kind of leads you to believe she didn't know who it was or she didn't recognize that, which you a second ago were kind of getting at. With a lot of people, think this was either a woman or somebody dressed up in some kind of cosplay or somebody just disguised because maybe they knew her and didn't want her to recognize them right away.
0: Or didn't want the camera to pick up who they exactly.
1: were. Exactly. So maybe they just were acting kind of feminine as they did it, but I don't know exactly what they were saying, the profilers, about how they carried themselves, because it just looked like a person walking to me, but of course I'm not a professional. Right,
0: and when you're clomping along in high-heeled boots, it's... It's hard not to, like, wiggle your hips a little bit. Well, or you just kind of stomp around. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm... Like a... I would look like a deer,
1: yeah, walking in heels. <laughs> or a cat with tape <laughs> on his foot. If have ever put anything on their feet, yeah. Like I was saying before, the footage is very grainy, and again, you can look at that and see for yourself. And it's pretty far away, most of the camera angles. Yeah. So it really, it's not determinable if that's a man or a woman. I couldn't tell you one way or the other. Well,
0: what's unfortunate, or planned, I'm sure, by the mm-hmm. killer was that, you know, when you look at those ring cameras during the day and there's good light outside, mm-hmm. you can see everything. Yeah. But it was still darkish. It was not yeah, it was dark little seven AM
1: in the middle of was, January. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it was still darkish and you really can't see much of anything and Like
1: literally I watching it you could kinda of, it looked like those some of those ghost videos they have online where it's yeah. like an orb floating. It literally looked like just a form esque of a person walking across and then you see four flashes of light, and that's the camera footage, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's an upsetting one, though. It's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. They also noted that the person, as they shot, there was n- they had no trouble at all with the recoil. So they shot very steadily handed, and so that obviously is somebody who has experience with firearms, because I know if I were to shoot a gun, it'd probably smack me in the face. <laughs> like, <I'd- laughs> Or,
0: you know. Did you say or do they know what size bullet it was?
1: I didn't see it anywhere. Nobody mentioned that. Okay. I
0: was just wondering if it's a small caliber because those probably have less recoil than a...
1: True. True. But also, at the same time, if you have never shot a gun, you probably think it's going to be like a Nerf gun and you just (laughs) don't expect it.
0: It doesn't look in that video like this is the first time that person Mm -mm. ever shot a gun.
1: And it was so cold. It was just just so... Yeah. It was almost militant. They just walked up, said a few words, and then shot her. And then just walked away. Well, I guess ran away, but... Yeah. It didn't seem like somebody who's like, oh shit, I just did that. It was an assassination. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it looked like. Also, in the footage, you can see as they run back to the truck, they can be seen putting their hand on the top of their head, kind of like... Imagine if you have a baseball cap on, starts raining outside, and you have to run to your car or whatever. You'd probably put your hand on your head to keep the cap from flying off while you run. Uh-huh. So it looks like if they are wearing a wig, that would make sense while they're running away and don't want to drop anything that has their DNA and stuff on it. Or
0: exposes their identification. Yeah, true.
1: Yeah. That's just what you can see in that. Wow. People suspect that the person involved must have known Elizabeth personally because Even if they had been casing the house and knew the couple's daily routine, they did know and knew when her husband Sergio had left that morning. He left on his normal time. That was normal. However, Elizabeth staying home, that wasn't normal. She was supposed to go to work that day around the same time as Sergio leaving. Yeah. But they had somehow known that Sergio had left and that Elizabeth was still going to be there. And they're actually on camera, that truck, at a nearby Goddard school like a kinder care type of thing. Yes, exactly. They were seen just waiting in the parking lot of the Goddard School, and then they drove away about the same time that Sergio had left. They had started driving to the house. Oh, so wow. So they hadn't been sitting there watching him drive away. They So they knew exactly when he was going to go. Yeah. Wow. So they knew that she would be home. They knew what time her husband left, and then they happened to catch her off guard that morning and the person also happened like i already said this but happened to park on all of the blind spots of the area so they knew the area well they knew what could and couldn't be seen based on where they were right in 2021 police released the footage that i was just talking about from her own ring doorbell which again cannot see the driveway but the audio is very helpful we can hear the person's voice we can hear it does sound male to me at least yeah. In my opinion.
0: Which also backs up the wig theory.
1: Which backs up the person being cosplaying or just disguised as a woman of some sort. hmm And all you can hear in it is Elizabeth saying good morning to the person. Some dialogue happens between the two of them, which is all mumbled. And then the shots ring out and they run away. Her father, Bob Nelly, and all of her friends, including those who volunteered with her at the charities that she worked with, have raised the reward money to $50,000 recently for any information. So, if anybody has any, you can contact the Houston Crime Stoppers at 713 222 8477. And also, you can visit the family's website at whokilledlizbaraza.com. And her name is spelled L I Z. B-A-R-R-A-Z-A dot com. That's all I've got because, unfortunately, it's... It's just... It struck me because literally everything's on camera. You can see the whole murder. And, I mean, their car is on camera and... Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, it wasn't the husband who did this because... As by did this, I mean, pulled the trigger. Because he's driving a different car and the car is seen being driven by a different person coming to the house. But, I don't know. They even said police are not ruling out anybody officially. Like, including her husband, so if it was a hit, I don't know who else would have done that.
0: Right. It- Did you listen to any of the, I don't know, what. how do you say it, the like augmented audio files that they have posted on YouTube or anywhere? People that are sound engineers that have tried to Even. isolate what some of the phrases might have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard for me to hear it, but if you see what they're saying they think it is mm-hmm. and then you listen to it, you can kind of hear that. Yeah. But I don't know how accurate what they've, Picked
1: is. Yeah, that's why in this one I kind of saw more information that was questionable, but I, I only included stuff that's on the family website that they know for a fact that right. happened. Yeah. So there are a lot of things out there kind of postulating. Like there was some information about how in the video a lot of people think they handed her a note and that the police found a note on her body when they got there, but that has not been released yet, and maybe they're holding that close to their chest. Mm -hmm. Maybe, like, if somebody comes forward and admits to doing this, if they know what's on the note, something like that. Did it look to you like there was a note It kind of looked like, uh, it's, again, so grainy that you can kind of see them making hand gestures a little bit with one of their hands, but, and that could have very well been a tiny piece of paper I didn't see necessarily, but... Right. Well, yeah, it's not going to be like a piece of poster board. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, it's like... I could see it, but I didn't see her take anything, you know? So... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, It
0: is a really upsetting case, because Mm -hmm. she seemed like such a sweet person. Mm -hmm. And she was so selfless, and she just really wanted to make people's lives better. Yeah. And somebody, for some reason, decided to assassinate her. Mm -hmm. And
1: we don't know. And it doesn't make sense. She... I don't think the husband did it. Let me put that out there. I'm not pointing fingers at him at all. I'm just saying, literally, the only person who possibly could have a motive at all it seems would be maybe him and I don't even believe that's the case I truly don't yeah and that's what's so confusing to me unless it's something to do with her job or somebody she pissed off at work I don't I don't know but well I was watching something oh we were watching something
0: yesterday about Mm -hmm. how cold and calculated and and just Ruthless the gaming community can be. Oh,
1: yeah, the swatting. And and I'm
0: wondering if there's an element of that that might extend into the cosplay community too.
1: Like, wrong person. Yeah, like she
0: maybe crossed somebody once and they decided to get back at her.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, even just like the one we watched yesterday, it literally could be, oh, they got the wrong person. Or, (laughs) I don't, but you'd think like as meticulous as they were being driving by all the time. But you'd think that.
0: You know they could find out who lived in that house before they went mm-hmm. and
1: killed them if they were really not looking for her but you see stupid mistakes like that happen a lot too so I, yeah i wouldn't put it totally again nothing's off limits here but and i know like you said a lot of people are picking this up now and covering it but i think the major reason is because the family is saying please, please anybody who has a media source talk about her talk about this case talk yeah. about what they can do if you want to know more just we just want to spread it to as many people who... Well, it's like so many cases. Mm-hmm. Somebody knows something about yeah. this.
0: Someone somewhere knows something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if it's the person who's like, oh, I sold all of those clothing items to that person at Goodwill the day before or something like that, you
0: know? Yeah, or just... my boyfriend borrowed that outfit from me that mm-hmm. day, said he was going to go surprise somebody, and then mm-hmm. and then he never made it to work that day. Yeah. Anything that somebody knows might be the thing that helps solve it.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow, it's surprising. But I just she seems like such a lovable person. I want to be your friend. I mean, she's only two years older than me. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah.
0: Well, I hope someone knows something.
1: Yeah. So again, any podcasters, we have a lot of our friends that listen. If you want to cover this case, just like us in Murder on My Street, go ahead. The family wants you to. So seriously. And that's all I got. What do you got for me this week?
0: I am going to talk to you. I wanted to go somewhere besides the U.S. and Canada because we've really been <laughs> focused on those two countries for yeah. a while now. And, and so I am taking us to Austria today. Austria, okay. Austria. Born June the 27th, 1992, Natalie Beerly is an Austrian professional athlete. She's well-respected in several sports disciplines, and she has held under 23 titles in triathlon and short-distance duathlon. Mm-hmm. And you know those people are tough as nails. Yeah. She was the winner of the 2018 Schuckelhero Triathlon.
1: That's a fun name.
0: Schukel is the name of a town in Austria. Okay. And hero, I think it's just sort of a play on... The triathlon aspect Shuffle of it, Hero. 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 Yeah, that makes. Sense. So she's very well known and very popular in the triathlon scene, especially in Austria. Mm-hmm. Natalie was also a member of one of the professional Austrian bike racing teams and was a former winner of the National Women's Cycling League. So she's fierce, strong, and just amazing, and mm-hmm. just an amazing athlete. In July 2019, 27-year-old Natalie was in a relationship with Martin Scherfmann and they had a 14-week-old son together. Hmm. <laughs> she had restarted her training program after the birth of her son and regularly was taking long training trips in the Kunberg area to get back into her best athletic form. Only 14 weeks after birth? Oh. I told you, she's tough as nails. Wow, okay. She's probably still breastfeeding. Yeah, really. On July the 23rd, 2019, Natalie headed out in the middle of the afternoon for some intensive training in the Kunberg area in the vicinity of Graz. As it was normal for her to be out and unreachable while riding, Martin was not alarmed when she was gone for several hours. But by 9 p.m., he was starting to feel that something might be amiss because she should have been home by that time. He contacted authorities to report that Natalie had been out training since the afternoon hours and had not yet made it back home. Natalie being pretty much a national celebrity, it was immediately taken seriously and a search operation was organized. Numerous police patrols, comprised of about a 100 officers, the local fire department and many triathletes from the area all set out to search. Well, how? Yeah, she she roused quite the search party. They went by car, truck, bike and carefully made their way around the roads and routes that Natalie might have taken during her training session. The search went on until 11:50 p.m. when Martin made an announcement. Natalie had been located and she had been taken to the local hospital with some injuries. Most of the many people that were involved in this search effort Assumed this meant she must have been involved in some kind of an accident on the road. She Mm -hmm. had been found, and now that she was under medical care, everything was okay.
1: I was going to say, that seems like probably a little understated to me. (laughs) Okay,
0: But Martin hadn't given them the full story, as My Bailey just intuited herself. (laughs) The next day, everyone found out the basics of what had happened in a Facebook post that Natalie sent from her hospital room. And here's the full story of what happened to Natalie. Okay. This wasn't all in her Facebook post, but I augmented it with other sources.
1: Got it. Okay.
0: (laughs) You can't make an entire podcast episode based on one Facebook. I'm just going
1: to read this (laughs) 10 paragraph.
0: (laughs) Natalie left home mid-afternoon for a training ride, just as Martin had said. Everything was going along normally. She was riding hard. She was feeling strong. And suddenly, at about 5 p.m., She felt a sudden impact and went flying to the ground. Not really understanding what had just happened and having broken her arm in the fall to the pavement, Mm. she looked up to see a man jump out of a red delivery van. Her immediate thought is probably, oh, he hit me by accident. Sure. He's coming to help. Well, he looked enraged. He was furious about something, and as he approached her, she realized he wasn't coming to help her. The man began beating her with a piece of wood while she was still on the road. She was scared to death. She worried that he was going to beat her to death and then take her into the woods and just bury her.
1: Yeah, it, for nothing it She seems. had no
0: idea who this guy was. Oh. He grabbed her up off the ground very roughly, taped her hands with electrical tape, and threw her into the back of the vehicle, the red delivery van. The bludgeoning to her head, the pain from the impact of the van hitting her, and her broken arm were all really intense, and she was going fuzzy from the pain. Mm-hmm. She passed out for a period of time. Sometime later, Natalie started to regain consciousness, still in excruciating pain, but as her mind came into better focus, she vaguely remembered having been dragged through a stairwell and then locked in a closet. But now she realized that she was naked and duct taped to an armchair. She was being held captive in an old house that she didn't recognize. She then saw the man who was carrying a knife. He seemed edgy and angry, but promised that he would release her the following day if she did everything he asked. Well, Why had he done this then if he was planning to release her? Because he wasn't. She didn't fall for that. Yeah. So he then blindfolded her and began forcing wine and schnapps into her mouth. She resisted, not knowing whether he had put anything else into this alcohol. As far as she knows, it could be GHB in there or poison.
1: Mm -hmm. And schnapps is really disgusting anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's that. Natalie was increasingly concerned because the man seemed full of hatred and she was still injured and completely vulnerable. She had no way to protect herself. Then he came near her and put his hand over her mouth and nose in a clumsy attempt to suffocate her. But when he realized that was harder to do than he apparently anticipated it being, he gave up trying to suffocate her. So then he dragged her into a bathroom and submerged her in very cold water in the bathtub, now evidently trying to drown her. Three times he pushed and held her head under the water. She was fearful that her little son was going to grow up without his mother. Mm -hmm. Natalie could see that this man wasn't experienced at killing and seemed also to be hesitant, but he never put his knife down. He had done all of this, and he likely at this point couldn't see any way out of it to a point where Natalie just went home. She said that she had taken sports psychology courses in the past that taught her to always try to find empathy, always try to see where a person or an opponent is coming from. Mm -hmm. So Natalie decided to try to engage him on a subject that he might embrace. The old house she was being held in had orchids everywhere. She mentioned how much she loved orchids and how she admired such a nice display of them, how it would be hard to make so many of them grow so well and look so pretty. Mm -hmm. Because it probably would be really hard to do that. Yeah not till he told the Kronensaiton, which is a newspaper, all of a sudden the attacker was nice to me. She saw his enraged exterior turn into a scared and sad man. He stated to her that he was a gardener and then he opened up to her about his life. He told her how his childhood had been very difficult and troubled, how his father had died, how his mother had then become an alcoholic, he told Natalie that his girlfriend had betrayed him and then he had become so angry that when he saw her riding on the road, he picked her at random spontaneously. He just wanted to vent his rage at the girlfriend through violence on the first person that he thought he could capture. And the knowledge about the mother being an alcoholic made some sense with him trying to make Natalie someone that he could maintain his rage at. Mm-hmm. If he could get her drunk, then he would be able to justify to himself that she's just like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But Natalie decided to take that opportunity to express empathy with him in the situation that he'd now gotten himself into and make a suggestion. She said to him, let's pretend it was an accident and you just let me go. He clearly didn't really want to kill her. Once she gave him an out, he took the duct tape off of her, let her get dressed, put her back in the van along with her bike and started to drive. He made one stop. He wanted to show her the property that he had inherited from his grandparents.
1: That seems like a stupid move.
0: I think he thinks they're friends. Mm
1: -hmm. You know,
0: she's let him open up to her and now he's feeling like this is someone that he can share things with.
1: Yeah, I don't know why I'm trying to make reason of somebody who's clearly not being reasonable to begin with, but... Yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: So although Natalie had a bit of concern about that when he stopped at the grandparents' house, she was relieved when he continued on. Mm -hmm. And then he drove her all the way home. When Natalie arrived at her house, she went inside, locked all the doors, and called Martin. And that's when Martin came back to the house, got her medical attention, and called off the search. The police also spent the first few hours interviewing her. Fortunately, the bike that had been returned with Natalie had the GPS that showed the police everywhere that she had been that day.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So once they had all this information that she could remember and the GPS information... The Austrian Cobra Special Forces Team stormed the man's house and arrested him. The kidnapper was a 33-year-old man. He has not been identified per Austrian law because he hasn't been convicted. Mm -hmm. And I haven't found any information on any upcoming trial or any kind of legal status. Mm -hmm. But as you know, different countries have different requirements for privacy of the alleged perpetrators, so none of the 15 or 16 publications that I used have listed his name. Okay. I got the impression that although he did injure her, and she did want him held accountable for what he did, she really did gain some empathy for what he was going through Mm -hmm. and that he was having some sort of a breakdown. But if she had not been level-headed and did not have the sports psychology training that helped her to get him on her side, I really have to wonder if she would have made it home alive the way she did. And I kind of doubt it. Because Mm -hmm. he was in it. He trapped
1: himself. Honestly, it sounds like he literally is probably relieved that she. there was at least one level-headed person in the house, too, because... <laughs> yeah, he needed her to save them both
0: mm-hmm. because he did not know how to get out of it. Yeah. And the charges he's facing now are a lot less than the charges for murdering someone. And
1: when you're panicking, you're not thinking about, oh, well, this will be better for me if I just let her go. You're thinking, yeah. oh, shit, now I've got no choice. Like... Yeah,
0: now I have to hide her in the woods so no one ever knows I have anything to do with this. Right.
1: It's <gasps> scary when
0: people get into a blind rage where they just, they just set out and they just want to burn down the world. Mm-hmm. They just want to cause chaos and watch it all burn. And yeah. that was the mindset he was in. It's much like the other stories that we share where someone had just taken something so far that they can't see any way out of it Mm -hmm. unless they eliminate the witness that they dragged into the situation. But it's a happy ending. Natalie has done lots of interviews. She's back doing all the things that are important to her in her life. Her little boy has his
1: mommy back. She's healthy, happy, and whole, and that's pretty damn good. And it's one of those, I don't like the perpetrator, but I also don't hate him necessarily. I can see he was clearly going through something. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a pretty good ending. So now he can get some help, Mm -hmm. and hopefully he
0: will have a productive life after this, and find some happiness in the future. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to bring up one more thing while we're in Austria. Okay. I found an update to a really old story that we haven't covered. And the update's actually also really old, but I had never heard it. Okay. So I still want to share it. All right. This update is from bbc.com from June the 20th, 2013, which I'm just going to directly read. Okay. This is not my work. This Do is I know the case the BBC. You gonna... will know it when you hear it. Okay. The cellar in Austria where Josef Fritzl kept his daughter Elisabeth captive for 24 years and fathered seven children with her is being filled with concrete. Now remember this happened nine years ago now. Mm-hmm. Preparation work began in Amstetten on Thursday and will last about two weeks. A man appointed to liquidate Fritzl's estate told the Austrian news agency APA that the step was being taken to ensure that no one could ever enter the cellar again. Good. Fritzl, 78, was jailed for life in March of 2009. He was convicted of murdering one of his children through neglect, as well as rape, incest, and enslaving his daughter. The authorities were said to be concerned that the scene of the crimes could become a gruesome tourist attraction. Mm -hmm. The cellar had already been sealed from the inside. Small holes are now being drilled through which tubes will be fed to fill the underground rooms with concrete. In 2011, authorities in the town of Amstetten had announced plans to demolish the house, but they were not carried out. Instead, the building will now be sold. The estate liquidator, Walter Ansberg, said there were potential buyers, including builders. Quote from him. But the aim was always, and we said this before, to sell the house only if the seller was not accessible anymore. Fritzl's daughter and her children have taken on new identities and now live at an undisclosed location in Austria. Mm -hmm. But this sounds so weird to me. If you're a builder and you want that site for a redevelopment, Mm -hmm. I can't believe you want to buy that house with an entire (laughs) basement full of concrete. Concrete block, yeah. (laughs) And yeah, intuitively you would think if it's full of concrete, you could probably use that for a foundation for some other thing. Yeah. But it's not a tested foundation. You don't know the quality of it. There's no quality control or strength when you're just pumping it full of concrete.
1: Yeah.
0: You don't know if the voids are filled in. There might be holes in it. I
1: was going to say, it sounds like the start of a sinkhole or some shit like that. Like I, I imagine they just
0: left the fixtures and the cabinets and the furniture and the rugs and whatever. I think they just left it all in there and filled concrete in on top of it. Bizarre. I'm, I'm so curious about this. <laughs> if I were a builder and I wanted to redevelop that site, I would have to think I would want it without the basement full of concrete. But if they ever have to demolish that, that's a lot. Yeah, you're going to need like huge cranes of and
1: cranes to come in and just lift or explosives. It. Yeah, or yeah. Huge
0: numbers of jackhammers. Or I just find it amazing that they filled the whole basement with concrete.
1: And I get that not wanting it to be a tourist attraction. I totally understand that. That's disrespectful. But also, how many murder houses are there in the U.S. that don't turn into... Or just owned by normal families now? You know? like like, As long as you vet whoever you're selling it to, I don't think... Yeah, I'm not sure
0: they have as many freaks over there in Austria as we have
1: here. Oh, there's freaks everywhere. Trust (laughs) me. There are, but we have a lot more than our share. I think we just have a lot more murder than our share. (laughs) That's
0: probably... But I just... I just thought that was really amazing that they filled the whole basement with concrete, mm-hmm. and I don't know why you would do that rather than just demolish the building and start with a clean site. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. That's very bizarre. And that's a such a terrible, but interesting story. The mm-hmm. Fritzels. So. Have you
1: seen the pictures of the actual cellar? Oh, like yeah. the. God, as a claustrophobic person, oh, they can't yeah. even stand up all the way, and I'm a short person like
0: that. The I, little corridors are literally
1: like a foot wide. You have to like turn sideways in mm-hmm. some places. It's like, oh my God, that yeah, yeah, horrific. I'm not, I'm not into that at all. No, I give props to his daughter
0: for being able to survive that for so. For yeah, so she is a badass. Apparently they changed their names and Good. and Good. relocated and, and
1: remind me again how they found out she one of her children were sick right yes and the she
0: took baby was sick and Fritzl didn't want to have to explain who that baby was to mm-hmm.
1: him because she kept I mean he kept taking the children in and saying that the daughter was leaving them on the front porch or something I right? think
0: so and this one he took her with him to the hospital and. Mm-hmm. When she was separated from Josef Fritzl, she spilled the beans, and they Crazy. they got her out, and he was taken off to prison for the yeah. rest of his
1: life. Well, I hadn't heard that either. That's interesting. That's I mean, stupid. I'm surprised, honestly, but I didn't interesting because it's literally nine years old now. But yeah, it's one of those cases where everybody knows it if you're into true crime because it's like one of the first ones you hear normally. But yeah. and it's horrifying. It
0: is. It's like you yeah, know, to everyone else, they seem like a normal family. Hmm. But man, were they not a normal family. Yeah. So that's all I got. Strange. I don't want to go on and on about the
1: Fritzels. I just wanted to take us somewhere else in Austria. Mm-hmm. Well, Austria, you got some weirdos out there too. <laughs> you, you do. I mean, <laughs> you can always find us. Well, first of all, if you want to talk to us, go ahead and email us at truecrimebnbpod at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And we can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at... True Crime B&B. And also, I kind of want to take a vote. Does anybody want me to start an Instagram account for Puss the Cat? I was just going to ask if you wanted to mention that. (laughs) Oh, good. Same thought, So it would be True Crime Puss? True Crime Puss on Instagram. Find us, follow her. She really doesn't need the ego boost, but, you know.
0: Yeah, she's already got two (laughs) servants. Now she'll have more, but... All right, so I think that's the end of episode 25, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Crime Family. We're always happy to have you, and we will see you the next week.
1: For episode
0: 26. Yep. Yay. Bye. Bye. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. <laughs> No, it's fine. It would be hard on me, thanks.
1: <laughs> okay, heartless. No. just you stop ruining my story? Do you want to tell it? Jesus. Okay. All right. Mom is being kicked out of the room, and I'll just talk to you guys. Excuse,
0: Excuse my burp. <laughs>